0: Hey guys, Walter Fetchik here to tell you that Unicorn.com may be the world's premier esports betting site, but they're also your best bet for keeping up with all the esports you love. With their site's newest update, they've reinvented their Live Now system and created a TV Guide style layout to find out when your favorite teams will be playing next. And if that isn't simple enough, they've even added a search bar to help filter it down even further. And you know, even if you aren't a gambling fan, Unicorn's newest update is a must-have for any esports fan. And you might even discover your favorite new writer in their news section, we have got my man Drowling with some excellent CSGO content, and you can find some fantastic articles from my lovely co-host, Chase Wassener, as well. So check out the new layout at Unicorn.com, because there are a few places where you can stay up to date on all your favorite esports, and Unicorn can help. Unicorn.com. Welcome to the new e book. Hello, Internet. My name is Walter C.A.D. Svedchuk, and welcome to week 10 of the European (laughs) LCS summer split. We're finally here. It's week 10. It's finally the end of the season because we needed an extra week of European LCS to tell us that the good teams are good, the bad teams are bad, and, okay, we don't know who's going to win it all, but I'm going to ask him who's going to win it all, and by him, I, of course, mean this gentleman up here, the lovely Chase Redshirt King Wassenaar. Chase, how are you doing this morning?
1: Um, you know, first of all, I, I think you should just be glad that you're not a fan of Chinese League of Legends, because they still have two weeks left to go. They just wrapped up week eight of ten. So they're gonna be going a little bit longer. Yeah, but but China's so,
0: its own region. Like when we think about the LCS, we think about them as kind of a pair, separate but equal. Yeah, and then... yeah,
1: see that's that's your mistake because we both know that has not been true and that has never been true. There is clearly a divide between how Riot treats it's two Western regions and maybe we should stop putting North America's value system onto the way that, uh, that Europe has built itself. But you know what? I, I will agree with this, um, with 10 teams having a 10 week season just seems like a way to draw out a much smaller set of games. And most of these, you know, just because of the group stage, most of the standings have been figured out. There's basically only one question that still lingers in Europe. Uh, And that's something that I've written an article about for Unicorn. That If it's not out today, it'll be out very soon. Uh, That being the H2K versus Unicorns of Love series. But, you know, everyone wants momentum heading into the playoffs, right? Everybody wants every little win under their belt. Everybody wants to to prove that, you know, they can go on that streak, that they can do well both in the playoffs and also in the gauntlet. It's going to be all six teams at all of these tournaments. So I guess let's just see if if any of these teams use this next week to kind of assert themselves. You know, it, are we going to see a real battle between Fnatic and G2, for instance, even though technically they don't have to? Um, the, th- those kind of moments, I think we'll see the attitude that these teams are carrying into the playoffs. And that has value. Um, but yeah, no, this week, is going to be a little rough if you're looking for things that immediately impact the the league and and have this overarching kind of storyline behind it. We've got about one game this week. One and a half in theory. So...
0: I mean, uh, yeah. There's there's absolutely one. I don't know if that other game matters all that much other than confidence for either of the teams should they face each other in the playoffs uh, in a couple weeks. That being said week nine happened and even though it wasn't the end of the european lcs season there were some good things and there were some bad things chase what was your up for week nine
1: hey i've got some good news unicorns fans you're finally my up i'm I'm giving you the spot i long time coming i know some of you will say but this was the week where i felt like you guys earned it I thought that was a very nice win against Splice. Uh, Game one was very much the kind of win that we're used to from the Unicorns of Love. I I saw the stat that says that the Unicorns of Love are a 46% win rate when down at the 20 minute mark. That's really solid. Uh, Most teams are nowhere near that and and this was yet another example of how they could do that. And then in game two we saw an example of when they don't have to. Uh, It was one of the cleanest games we've seen from them I think in a very long time. Uh, it's something where I'm, I'm not sure if it's necessarily something they're going to recreate with some efficiency, just given that Game 1 was still a thing that happened. I don't know that this is necessarily a whole new world order for the Unicorns of Love, but that was a game in which they realized that the threat of kill pressure can be just as relevant as kill pressure when it comes to how you command a space, when it comes to how you uh, create plays for yourself. They were able to force this splice team to back off of a lot of towers because they just had no way to deal with the two or three guys that were coming in and they were just consistently able to exert their will in that regard and when they did get the baron i think was at the 24 minute mark you just saw the multiple steps to their zoning where it was let's put the words down and now we're going to push you off and then we're going to go back to fake up there and then we're going to push you off a second time and now the third time we're really sure that we can take it uh, and that kind of patience. That deliberate step in in precision and their planning is something that we just do not see from the unicorns of love on the whole. So definitely very happy with how they handled this week. I, I thought that that was you know the thing that I needed to see from them if I'm going to talk myself into them getting back to the EU LCS finals. All Hill, Xerxes, God, he's fun when he's good. Um, but yeah, I, I'm doing it. No, uh, no. There's no trick here. I'm not going to pull the football away from you guys, Unicorns yes, of Love. Is. You are. He's, he's going to pull the football the week.
0: away. He's going to put the football away the second that we're faced up against G2 or Fnatic in the, in the semifinals. And he's going to pull it away and go, okay, I don't think Unicorns of Love can do it. And he's going to write an article about how wow. Fnatic or G2 are better teams. And he's going to throw us under the bus again because that's been his MO this entire split. I, 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 I love this. First of all, the us for
1: me is great. Yeah. Second of all, the idea that you would not be p- uh, picking either G2 or Fnatic right now is very funny. That's that's interesting. To as,
0: as I told Yos on Twitter, I have been burned too many times by underestimating Unicorns of Love. I refuse to have that happen to me again. And that is why I was like, they'll figure it out this entire last few weeks. I was like, they'll figure it out. I have faith in Sheepy and the boys. And look at that. They finally figured it out again. Weird. Yeah. Weird how that yeah. happens. Okay.
1: Very, very good team. You know what else always happens? Uh G 2s won three championships. So maybe we should give teams like them some respect as well. I I've gotta give but, them their respect, but, but But yeah, but yeah, look, this is look, great great week for the unicorns of love. You don't need to take away from it with your, your horrible propaganda against me. <laughs> but
0: Well speaking of horrible propaganda, um I don't I don't I mean I could say Unicorns of Love with my up, I could say G two were my up. They're all boring. I'm going to give my up to Ninjas in Pajamas because they were the only worst team this week that actually won a map. So congratulations, Ninjas in Pajamas. You were a objectively worse team than the team that you were playing against. And you won a map off of Misfits. That's right, Chase. They won a map off of Misfits. Which will bring yeah. us to our down for the week because I know who my down is for this week. Chase, who's your down this week?
1: Hi, Misfits.
0: Oh, How look you at
1: that. I... I'm having a tough time with Misfits because they're doing, in theory, what I think they need to do in order to be the best team in the long run, which is that they're shifting a little bit away from the feed Power of Evil all of the things and just expect him to solo carry. There are very few teams historically that have ever succeeded that way. Jensen is probably the best example with Cloud9 that you could say like he getting as much of the gold share as he has is the reason why that whole offense is able to operate. Guys like Bjergsen we often note actually take less gold and instead allow that to spread around and they're more efficient with it. So we usually think of some star players, you know, giving them everything can take away from the rest of the team, and now we're starting to see more resources are being thrown Han Sama's way. I think Alfari's gotten a larger share of the early ganks. They're trying to get him in a better spot, trying to get him back to a state in which he's winning lane. Which last split he did very regularly. This split, on average, he's behind in those uh most of the time. So, so I, I think that that has a lot of value. The problem is that it's put them completely out of sync with the usual beats that they're looking for. You can tell that because the mid lane isn't opening up quite as early, Ignar just did not look comfortable. Um, didn't look comfortable on his roams, didn't look comfortable when trying to get vision in the enemy's out of the jungle. A guy was caught out of position a couple times in weird spots that we're just not used to from him. He was clearly not on the same page. I, I thought the Max Lord's ganks were, while solid, I, I don't think they are quite as efficient as we've seen in the past. Um, I think the biggest problem we had uh, and something that plagued them against G2 is even when they got openings they didn't have the play set up to take advantage of it they were getting a kill here and there but it was never a kill and a tower a kill and a dragon they just they they didn't set up for those kinds of moments and they didn't have the initiation um the the precise decision making that you need in order to force those fights and they ended up feeling very weirdly, like the problem I have with Splice at their worst, where they just sat back and let the game be dictated to them. And against G2, I think that's one of the worst mistakes you can make. G2 want to slow down the game, they want to make it so you're relying on a couple of those big team fights because Sven is Sven, and Sven's really good at League of Legends and cleaning up big team fights. So for Misfits to just sit back and let G2 dictate the series to them, I thought was really not great. I, I thought they Game two was a great example of how you can throw around the, the Baron pit, and yes, they got away with you know the, they got away with it because they had a game three you know big three game series and you know ninjas in pajamas are the ninjas in pajamas. I, it doesn't account for the fact that they looked really bad in that game and shook went four three and five on King. And
0: I know I tweeted that out. I you've was got like, oh. concerns. I was like, oh look at brother. that, we got the one you know, one of five Shook pop-off games this split, that's nice I mean, yeah, it's always fun to watch Shook have his one pop-off game and you go, oh man, Eddie Curry what you could have been, what you could have been, if you just I don't know, I don't think he got fat and lazy, I think he just doesn't care all that much about League of Legends and is just barely good enough that he can collect a paycheck, but we'll talk about Shook some other time Uh, Do Do we have to? We have to
1: have a Shook conversation another day. Well,
0: either you and I need to have a Shook conversation or we need to start sitting down with every general manager in Europe and going, okay, I know there's this player named Shook. I know you're going to be tempted to sign him, but it's bad for you. It's kind aim of bigger. like drugs. It's bad for you.
1: A- aim bigger. Aim better. Dream, dream bigger, man. Like, have ambitions Beyond just he fills a stock.
0: Ambition there. is a great choice, actually. I would sign ambition. That's a fa- that's a fantastic idea. Um, but centering it back home, I just think Miss Smiths they they tried to make this shift to changing their resource distribution too late in the season. You can't do that, you know, with two weeks left to go in the season and then get ready for playoffs. Like it's too late. It's not going to have the type of impact you want. Instead, it's just throwing you guys into kind of disarray. And I know you made the point about, like, oh, you know, Power of Evil is... I don't think Power of Evil is on on Jensen's level. And the reason why it works with Jensen is because Jensen just looks for kills in lane. And Power of Evil is not that type of player. Power of Evil does not actively try to kill the enemy laner. He is much more comfortable sitting back and just farming the lane the entire time and waiting for his jungler to come in 2v1ing or waiting for an extremely massive mistake from the enemy laner and, and and then jump on top of him where Jensen's kind of on the front foot the entire time and is just waiting for that one small positioning mistake to kill them where it feels like Power of Evil is waiting for something a little bit larger where it's a more assured kill. Uh, that's, uh, just,
1: that's just Friendly influence. reminder that Power of Evil leads the league in kills and is the third high, uh, second highest lane pressure among mid laners in the league. Okay. He does not play passively in lane. He does get kills in lane, and that's one of the reasons why Maxler has as high of a first blood percentage as he does. I, I, I objectively disagree with your analysis. Okay, but... Like, he, he is someone who is very proactive in the early game. The problem he has, which if you read my article I wrote on, has, uh, on Power of Evil, and I detailed very much all with a whole bunch of clips backing this up, he takes those early leads And then throws them away making dumb plays in the mid to late game where he gets over ambitious because he's been getting such easy kill pressure in the early game and he overextends as well you know beyond his bounds and gets caught trying to place a ward somewhere trying to skirmish when he isn't strong enough to pull it off because he's so used to being as strong as he was so so i would i would start to shift power of evil instead of thinking of him as the passive guy that he was on on previous teams and maybe in previous metas. I I would start thinking of him as a guy that has a lot of potential skill, but is is this overconfidence. The same kind of overconfidence, I think, that uh, hurts Exile in a lot of ways, where there's this kind of feeling that they can always make the big play because they've done it before and they'll do it again. Um, I, I think that he's got that problem and this is now this overcorrection where he doesn't want to be the guy making that mistake. So now no one's the one making the big play. No one's trying to force the big play because no one's taking that confident leadership. We got this. I know I can pull this trade off kind of game. So so I'm, I'm going to disagree with the early landing point, but I do think that ultimately where he falls short is this the decision-making that makes a guy like Jensen work. I think Jensen has a much better job of which team fights the team needs to engage upon and making sure that they're getting the flanks and the right targeting in those situations that would make some such a great late-game team which misfits just don't have they don't have that next gear because they don't have that mindset they don't have the the leader that creates those opportunities
0: okay that's fair I'm maybe have to go back and watch some tape you have to go back and watch every early game from the entire season because, I've got a lovely article I'd love to send yeah, your way. I mean, I'll take a look at the article, too. Uh, you know what's not lovely, Chase? No. Our, uh, our smart money bets for Week 9. Uh, we didn't hit on any of them because... No? Well, we didn't no, 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 we didn't hit on any of them because... We had because...
1: Unicorns of Love minus 1.5 over Splice for plus 175.
0: Oh, yeah, we got the 2 That's right. Yeah. Oh, I misread Absolutely that. I thought that right. said three maps. I am silly. Right. So we're 12-12 and 12 on the year.
1: We absolutely are. And, we only uh, lost 25 bucks last week, so we're at uh, 313 overall. Yeah,
0: okay, now that's better because I misread that. I thought we took it to go to three maps, and I was like, wow, we missed on all three of our bets. That's pretty bad.
1: Yeah, no, I <laughs> was confident that we were in for a, a Splice letdown series, uh, and Splice did let me down. They just held their own against uh, the Mysterious Monkeys, which... Our Mysterious I... Monkeys let us down yeah I was expecting them to put up a little bit more of a fight. I was expecting misfits to put a little bit up of a
0: fight. Uh, neither one of those came through but
1: no. unicorns this. of
0: love came through for us so we got that going Here, for here's us. the thing unicorns of love have never let me down. they've never they've never burned me when I believed in them. Misfits never never meet expectations so I'm just constantly sour on them because I'm just like I mean they're the misfits I They're always the third best team in their group okay. They are what they are, and we knew what they were. That being said, uh, we kind of know where, I think, six out of these eight games are going to go. So let's just get into them. Let's burn through the bad ones, and and let's move on and talk about the the two really good ones this week. Uh, But the first game of the week, NIP versus Fnatic. Chase, NIP, is going into the relegation tournament. They're going to be playing against God Gilius and company. I don't remember who else is on the other team. God, Gillius is going to get back in the LCS. I'd be willing to put money on that. But Chase, what do you want to see from Ninjas in Pajamas here against Fnatic? And then what do you think they need to do to survive relegation?
1: I mean, what I want to see from them is more of what we saw from their their map victory over Misfits. I, I want to see a team that is willing to be a little bit more decisive around neutral objectives and a team that has actual neutral objectives in mind before the fight around them happens, you know? Things like actually warding properly uh, before some of these big plays and having a good sense of, of when certain towers and, and fights around those neutral objectives are gonna happen so that they can actually at least be ready to go for those moments. I, I think so much of their problem just comes from uh, a lack of team coordination, certainly, uh, but also just a, a lack of understanding about how to use the tools that are available to them and use them to effectively control the game, uh, especially around that mid to late game point. Their early game is solid. Uh, their early game, we, we see them consistently getting things like First Blood. Uh, they, they've kind of fallen off from the high EGR that we saw at the beginning of the split just because their consistency now, and now there are some very good early game teams that have just crushed them because they're good, and Ninja's pajamas are aggressive early, but not necessarily smart. It, we we really just need to see from them a smarter a smarter team, and I think a lot of that is just going to come down to when do they get rid of Nico the Pico as a coach? I think that unfortunately he's a guy that is, you know, the bare bones of of what you
0: want from a EULCS coach. Is he the- like do you mean bare bones? of He just kind of shows up to the studio every day and he, he looks he good in a suit. Fulfills
1: the job description,
0: yeah. He literally. I, I don't think. I don't think the job description is just show up in a suit, hold a notebook on stage, and and you know f- pantomime that you're saying something remotely intelligent. I think there's actually a job description behind what a coach should be.
1: True or false? Our our champions picked and or banned while he's on the stage? That's. Coaching complete.
0: Literally every coach in the LCS would slap you for saying that's what their job entails.
1: No duh. Look, he's not very good at his job, and that is one of the reasons the Ninjas of Pajamas look so disconcerted, and it's one of the reasons why they're gonna be in danger when relegations come along. Because they don't have a decisive play style. They haven't decided who they are as a team and built around an identity and built plays that go around that identity. Uh they used to be a split pushing team, but now profits trying to reel some of those instincts in so i have no idea is white knight somebody they're actively going to try to incorporate before relegations i have no idea i you say no but like why else would you sign them now rather than waiting a few months and not having to pay them
0: because that they think you know, they not going get relegated because they think they're not going to get relegated and they're building towards the next split
1: but who is he building who are they bidding against like it's it's a weird oh. time to sign somebody um Especially when there was about to be a roster lock, so they weren't necessarily in danger of losing them to somebody else. I, I have a feeling they, they might be looking at that. I, I don't know. Uh, what I do know is when you're looking at a team that has Shook on it, that has Sprattle on it, that has Profit on it, um, as much as I want him to be better than he is, um, like th- this is not a good team. HeQ is going to be a- an interesting like 8th best EU 80 carry somewhere next split. But the rest of this team are guys that just don't deserve to be here anymore. And we'll see if the Ninja in the Pajamas are going to be here any much longer.
0: I don't know. Star is pretty fun. Star is pretty fun to watch.
1: Is it, is it really? Compared to other Alistars, are we sure? Is it better than Aphromoo?
0: I mean, no, I'm not, saying it, I'm not saying it's better. I'm just saying it's fun because that's the only champion he remotely knows how to play. Chase, <laughs> where do you think the line is for this? Uh, I have the line at Fnatic minus a thousand. All right, there's
1: nothing to play around here. Uh,
0: I'm gonna get this one because when <laughs> I looked at this, I said Unicorn is gonna do something re- really ridiculous and make this Fnatic minus twenty five hundred, or you know three thousand. I was like, you know, just pit, I was like, yeah, it's gonna be like twenty five hundred or something stupid. I was like, all right, well, I usually miss the high one, so let's go big or go home. It's actually Fnatic minus twenty five hundred. <laughs> there it is. Wow, well <laughs> so done, sir. I nailed it on the button just nonchalantly like unicorn's gonna do something silly uh and i don't think it's actually silly but you know okay walter what's, takes the first point yeah
1: what's that make uh fanatic or uh, i mean ninjas plus ninjas 850 okay plus 850
0: for ninjas in pajamas no just,
1: just, yeah no absolutely just, just not absolutely no value fanatic's gonna take out some trash here
0: yeah Absolutely. Uh, moving on to game two, we have G2 versus Rocket. Chase, I'm not gonna let you give Rocket a salute because I'm frankly I'm 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 sick of the uh, the going back and forth between like oh Rocket's so good, they're amazing. I'm back on the hype train, and then being utterly crushed the next week when you remember they're Rocket and everything that you touch dies when it comes to esports teams. So. You get you Man. get thirty seconds, hard thirty seconds. I will cut you off, Oscar style, if you go over. Starting now.
1: First of all, this is this is so hateful. I think that you can't allow someone to be happy when their team wins or sad when their team loses. I'm going to remember that during the entire NFL season when your Buffalo Bills have their up and down weeks that you're not allowed to be sad or happy about your team. Uh, look, I, I thought that. Rocket did some things that I liked this week. Um, I, I thought in general, uh, in game one against Fnatic, they, they had a couple great Talia walls from Betsy. He did, he did some good things. I, I think in general we saw you know that sneaky Baron uh, in game two. They, they played well around that objective in particular. They had a couple good fights. But no, this isn't a particularly good team, and we shouldn't have expected them to be All beat right, Fnatic. time. There we go. We didn't expect them to win Fnatic. So.
0: <laughs> no, no, that's time that you're done. Done. Their season is over. You,
1: you let me talk three minutes about ninjas <laughs> in pajamas, but you won't give me more than thirty seconds about a Rock Hat. This is I hateful. Don't, I don't
0: think you've talked this more than three minutes. spiteful. I don't think
1: I, I have not recorded on our list. Yes, you did. You're that spiteful. Let's
0: just move on. <laughs> it's Jerk. It's not spiteful. It's not spiteful. It's absolutely I I, spiteful. Finish your po- I I will allow you to finish your point since it did seem like you were going somewhere.
1: G two minus six sixty six.
0: Okay. I said G two minus six sixty six as well. It's G two minus three fifty eight. Rock at it plus two sixty-five. I don't know how I feel about that.
1: I I know how I feel about that. That's way too low. Yeah. I mean I appreciate the added value, but like there there's nothing that Rock at has done in recent weeks that would deserve that. Where did
0: uh what's the three maps line? Uh stalling for time while I look it up because I didn't think it would be anything worthwhile because it's a large enough lead. Uh, Three maps. To go three maps, plus 125.
1: Yeah, there you go. That's not terrible. No. I mean... No. Rocket took a map off of everybody no. the first round. No. 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 I mean, granted, it was due to with subs back no. then. But other than that... No. No. Fine. Let's move on. No.
0: This is me. This is me doing what's best for you, Chase. No. No. <laughs> not, not a chance. Mysterious monkeys versus H two K. Same question from NIP about mysterious monkeys. They're in relegation. They're going to be going up against God Gilius at some point, the god of the LCS. What do they need to do this week, and then what do they need to do in relegations to uh, to survive?
1: I mean, look the the monkeys have, uh, I, I think, a lot of problems that they're, they're going to have to, you know, re-examine when, when they get ready for these relegation tournament. I think the biggest one right now is just the sheer sloppiness that we're seeing in a lot of their attempts. You know, this is a, a team that can so easily just make one mistake that compounds into five mistakes, that compounds into, you know, 20 mistakes. There's no real—they um, they do a terrible job stopping the snowball and recognizing where— Uh, their openings might be. And I I don't think you get more complete losses across the board uh, as you do uh, from this week. Koskiew looked awful. Koskiew continues to look awful. I I, I think that he is a huge weakness on this team. Uh, I I think that Kikis has somewhat stabilized the top lane, but teams are realizing now that they can just throw a lot of attention at Yuki since they're going to win the mid lane anyway. And and that's just something that's been really tough for them to, to deal with that kind of constant pressure, even when Yuki has a relatively good game like he did in game one against Splice. So there there's a lot as the team is currently constructed. Um, I think the best case you can do right now is, is basically hope that these challenger teams aren't necessarily have uh, going to have the same skill gap that they you know one of them might have over Kofsky. Um, that maybe they can minimize that damage. And once you minimize that, and, you know your top lane can be a focal point of strength rather than right now something that keeps you neutral against some of these mid-tier uh, LCS teams and you hope that your bot lane does enough um, and that the teams can't punish you the way that other teams in the LCS have. I, I think that they have enough talent, like raw talent on the, the roster to maintain their LCS spot, but I mean this is exactly what i was afraid of when we talked about the monkeys in the preseason i i was afraid that they would be in this spot and we'd be seeing them in relegation and we'd be wondering whether or not they're going to be able to get through and i i just i have a very bad feeling that they just don't that they haven't made the pieces that were problems at the beginning of the split any better uh even while they fixed one of their holes in the top lane they're still the ship has a lot of holes in it still. so Sorry, Mysterious
0: Monkeys fans, but this is going to be a,
1: a rough one, I think. I,
0: I think it doesn't have a hull at this point just because of Koskiw. I think Koskiw is that bad. It's missing the entire like stern of their ship. It's just a giant gaping hole. And you're like, well, that's not supposed to be there because Koskiw is not supposed to be in the LCS. With the, the experiment is over. He made it. It needs proven decidedly that he's not good enough to be there. Let him go back to Challenger, let him have fun in Challenger, let him go to Turkey, let him go to, you know, the Spanish League, whatever, like, just have some fun playing League of Legends, but you don't deserve to be on the LCS stage, because you're just not good enough. Because I'm not, you know, I'm not good enough to be on the LCS stage, and I'm not on the LCS stage, so I think it's time teams realize that there's no difference between CosQ and C80s when it comes to playing League of Legends, just they don't belong on the LCS stage.
1: Uh I I I I missed 2015 Coscu. Can we go get him back? Can we like go time chamber style and get him back? No. Sadplane.jpg. I have H2K-900. Uh
0: I have H2K-1000. It is H2K-1250, so I'm going to get another point here. Mysterious Monkeys are at +600. Don't I don't think I don't think anything else has to be said this is the type of team that h2k goes all right i'm gonna murder you now and yankos goes like 10 2 and 14 in one of the games because yankos is really really good at league of legends and i think in particular he enjoys beating the crap out of amazing like i think if you ask yankos what some of his favorite things in the world are he would sit there and say destroying the dreams of other junglers in europe and amazing right now is a husk of a man that is holding on to this this one little one little straw of his dream and Yankos is going to kick him in the teeth, knock him off the ship and go that's right, you get back into relegations. You don't deserve to be here. I like Yankos. Yankos has personality. <laughs> Speaking of personality, Unicorns of Love versus Vitality. Yes. Anything to say about Vitality? Anything at all?
1: Yeah, sure. I I can come up with some okay. things to say about Vitality. Look, I, I think that this is a team that is going to lose part of what made this season interesting when we look at it back at the record books, because on paper, their record really isn't much different from what they were last split. But I do believe this was a much better team than what we saw last split. Uh, I, I saw, uh, at the very least, a proclivity to making decisions, making active decisions around the map, especially you saw the early game in this series against H2K, you know, they they made a couple dives in the top lane. They made a couple, uh, you know, invasions, and Joko in particular really tried to, to get that early game pressure. You saw them making dives into the bot lane. I, I think that they were more willing to take risks in that regard. I think Steelbeck's been getting a little better uh, in that regard as well. I, I mean, the problem is just that, uh, A, they don't do it consistently enough. I, I think that there are many times in which they... Kind of make their first play and it doesn't quite work out as well as they'd like, or they weren't able to get anything out of it. So they're like, well, that didn't work. And then they just go back to this kind of long form, you know, farming up. Let's, you know, let's turtle up and do what we need to do. Um, I also think that we just haven't had a lot of time. Like you are starting to tell now in the pick and bands and in some of these rotations, you know, especially like every time you see nuke Duck start to run bot, it's like, oh, okay. I remember back when Yamato Cannon was teaching these things to splice, so so I think some of that is going to to pick itself up as well. I, I think it's starting to come together. The problem is it didn't come together nearly quickly enough for them, no. uh, not or in and, and not nearly effective enough for them. And now you have this problem where you have to look at guys. And across the board, you got to ask yourself the question, like, Nukeduck. Do we keep Nukeduck or not? I know that he had some rough games. He also had some great solo kill moments. Like, like where where do we actually stand on him? Where do we stand on Cabochard? Cabochard is some fine numbers, but he also, you know, especially in lane, but after the laning phase, he really struggles. How much is he worth? Like, they're going to have to just go down that list and, and make some really tough choices. And, and the only one right now that seems obvious to me is that Joko's got to go. Um, he makes about one. He makes at least one decision every game that's one of the dumbest things I've ever seen in my life. Um, I think this one, uh, the award. I'm not sure if it goes to the time he tried to back in the Rift Herald pit, and and gave away his hiding spot by trying to go attack somebody, uh, and then of course immediately being seen and then killed. Um, by, by Fabivin in that spot, or that time where he tried to do this weird like two minute invade in game two and ended up behind enemy lines and ended up trying to suicide himself and failing miserably uh, in that regard. Like you pick your pick your poison of the two, but neither of those things are things we should be seeing from an LCS jungler. in general, let alone a guy that's been around as long as Joko has now, I, I think we're starting to realize that this might just be who he is unless someone really, Takes a, a hankering towards rebuilding some of these terrible habits, um, but yeah, vitality. Some pieces got better, uh, none of it quickly enough, and I'm not sure how much of it's going to matter because I have a feeling they're going to be changing a lot this off season.
0: Do we see Yamato Cannon go back to Splice? <laughs> I said um, that half jokingly.
1: It it wouldn't be the worst idea that either team, either party has had. You know, I think Yamato Cannon certainly had more success on Splice than he has had here, you know. I I think that, you know, those players, maybe at Splice, were more easily workable Mm -hmm. with, you know, more more easy to get along and really get them to buy in. Um, I think that Splice certainly needed a new coach. I think that's something that they're learning very quickly, is that they just need the kind of infrastructure um, that Yamato Kena was providing and that they weren't getting from this new coach, uh, and they're not going to be getting from whoever they have as the stand-in for now. Um, the, these are all concerns to me, and I, I, I wouldn't mind if they said, you know what, like, grass is always greener, we, we didn't realize what we had, let's be like reckless, we'll go away for a split, and then we'll come back, and it'll be you know, reunited and it feels so good, and, and maybe they could reclaim some of that 2016 summer magic.
0: Yeah, but but Yamato Cannon hasn't been kaboomed yet. Yeah, that's fair. Um, I love making that joke about that Alliance team, that they got kaboomed. It's fantastic. If you don't know what I'm talking about, at me on Twitter, because it, it is wonderful. It is glorious, and it'll give you a nice laugh. It'll give you a great laugh. It's a game that it's happened right. at Worlds, where the Bra- it was the first time a wildcard team ever beat a, a, a major region team, and it was, like, the game after Alliance put a butt-whooping on Najin White Shield, and everyone was like, oh, Alliance are really good, and then they lost it to the Brazilian team, and everyone was like, they got kaboomed, because the Brazilian team was named Kaboom Esports.
1: Hey, man. All hail Lep. <laughs> all hail Lep.
0: And the rest of
1: that, that Kaboom uh, <coughs> roster that all came out of Hale nowhere. Lep. Like, underdogs in Brazil. To beating alliance on the world stage, that was a fun. That was a fun year. Um, unicorns, I of, yeah, yeah. Where do you unicorns think? Unicorns minus
0: 400. All right, uh, you're gonna get this one because I said unicorns of love minus 750. It's unicorns of love minus 526.
1: Okay. Well, I'm glad the casinos gave them a little bit more credit than I was afraid they were going to. Uh, what's
0: vitality's plus odds? Vitality's at plus 350.
1: What's three maps here?
0: Uh. Because I
1: think I think there's a chance that this is an overlooked no. game. This is a trap game for Unicorn. Plus one forty-five. I'm not saying that it's going to be a trap game. I'm just saying that if, you know, the the thing set up right, Vitality has enough talent. They're not going to be just easy pushovers. They're going to be trying to play spoiler. We said, getting into the second half of the season, that we thought they were going to play spoiler to somebody. It hasn't happened yet. Yeah, but you... Unicorns of Love are
0: going to be all what are zoomed they... in what are they on playing this final for? series on Sunday. What are they playing for? What is Vitality playing for?
1: They could potentially ruin Unicorn of Love's chance to get the two seed. If they win here... Like, I, I don't remember if tiebreakers in Europe... I'd, I'd have to go back and see how tiebreakers are decided. Um... The, Oh, yeah, it's, it's game differential is the first tiebreaker difference in Europe. So the game differential here would be in Unicorns of Love's favor, uh, would be in H2K's favor. If Vitality beats him here and Unicorns of Love beat H2K, H2K would still be the one seed. So Vitality has a lot to play for here,
0: and Unicorns no, of Love cannot they, lose it. They wouldn't because Unicorns of Love would have 20 wins. Uh... But they okay. would have... Would they, not 20 wins, they would have... No, because if Unicorns of Love lost to Vitality, H2... Oh, oh yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, yeah, you're right, you're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I have zero faith that Nuke Duck and Steelback and Cabochard are motivated by, let's make sure the Unicorns of Love don't get the number one seed. They're not those kind of players. It's not their, not their mean, personality.
1: Gotta play for Pride at oh. some point. There's, I mean, it could be... I think they not would have those fun three shutting, uh, shutting other people down. But, you know, what? I'm just throwing it out there. We don't have a lot of great value bets so far, so that might be one.
0: This is not a week happen. for value bets because there's only two games that actually matter. Uh, moving on, another game that doesn't matter, Rocket versus Misfits. I... Misfits are going to be in the playoffs, okay? I have no faith in them at all. I have no faith in either of them or Splice, in all honesty. Zero. None. They're here because they're the fifth and sixth best team in Europe, and we need six teams in the playoffs. That's it.
1: Yeah, it's it's rough watching misfits right now. As someone who had so much faith in them heading into the season, uh, it it's been miserable to watch. Um, I, I I think that a lot of it just comes down to, you know, as I mentioned before, a lot of those kind of the just the the flaws in their, you know, feed power of evil to win strategy and how that's kind of backfired now. Um, I, I I still think there's enough talent on the roster, right? If you were just to, to rebuild this from a blank slate, get a coach that we actually trust rather than a guy in Daku who we, we've had questions about concerning this picket man. We've had questions about concerning adaptability in series from Misfits. Um, you, give them, you give them a top-tier coach. And I think maybe this team ends up differently. I think that they certainly have the raw talent to accomplish all the things. I think Max has had a great season. I think that Han Sama showed that he can step up in a big way when called upon. And I think Power of Evil is great. I, it's really, it, it's a shame that Ignar has fallen off as much as he has. They just haven't had the consistency in his engages that we were hoping for. Um, and it's a shame that, you know, we're seeing from... Uh, afari such a big drop-off, going from the best top laner in lane uh, in the league to now being among the worst, if not the worst, on any given day. Uh, that's just something that's completely turned the balance of the map against them and has made it very difficult to execute this super aggressive early game style that was their bread and butter when they were winning series. So it's the talent's there, and I, I'm still going to point to that talent when I try to defend why I liked them so much in the preseason it's just a shame that that talent really doesn't matter because teams, games aren't played in a bubble and it's not decided by raw talent, it's based on how you play as a team and Misfits just don't look much like a team, but they are more of a team than Rockat in theory, they should win this Rockat should kind of go out on a low note go into the distance, look at the 2018 offseason, Rockat for 2018 I'm fine with this Made peace with it. I think Rockat fans should have faith that the off season will be good to them. Um, I, what? But for th- th- for this, th- I this... have Misfits
0: minus four hundred.
1: It's just it, it should be an easy one for them.
0: Uh, I had Misfits minus three thirty three. It is Misfits minus two seventy eight.
1: What? Yes. Why? On what grounds? Uh, What's that put Rockat at? at? Plus two hundred. Oh my goodness! Well, there goes my attempt to get some underdog value. Yep.
0: What um, in the world? Yeah. Three maps is what? Uh, the three maps. Is I think this goes to three maps. I don't think Misfits. Plus one fifteen. Yeah. I don't. Misfits I don't. Two 0 is plus
1: one twenty. That's not happening. I don't think Misfits is putting two great maps together, um, with any real consistency. I mean, look what happened. Against the mysterious monkeys this last, or uh, against I should say, Ninjas in Pajamas last week. Like I, I just don't see it for them. Uh, I do think the Rockat is at least as competitive as the Ninjas in Pajamas. I think we should be able to say. Uh, so I think they could get one. Um, I'm not confident enough to say the Rockat can get two. Two, like I said we're not good this split, but I do think we get at least one, and I do think that uh, that alone should put. Uh, put that on our smart money bets. Um,
0: got it. We got to find some value somewhere, Walter. I mean, yeah, we do. There's not a whole lot of uh, there's not a whole lot of value to be held when there's only two good games in one week. Speaking of only two, here's the first one: Fnatic versus G Two. G Two cannot overtake Fnatic in the standings. It's it's technically.
1: Mathematically possible. Like fanatic, I think it requires get... like Fnatic has to go 0-2 in both series, and G2 has to go 2-0 in both series. Yeah. I think it requires a full wipe on both of those sides, which would put G2 at 4, plus 14 and Fnatic at my, at uh, plus 13. Yeah, um, that's that's not, that's not going to happen. No. Uh, if only because fanatic's playing and the ninjas and pajamas, they're not getting 0-2. No. So let's let's say goodbye to G2's attempts at the uh, at the one seed. Uh, Let's acknowledge that they don't have to even worry about the two seed uh, because Mitzvah Mitzvah has already lost six series. So in the series that matter category, this is the one that is purely bragging rights. This is 100%. This is a mini finals for us and therefore we need to win this out. And I'm okay calling it that because I believe Sven literally called it that in an interview this week that made it to the front page of Reddit. Um, and, and you know what in many ways they're absolutely right like this is a series in which we have two teams two of the most consistent teams that we've seen this season once you know G2 got over their about halfway hiccup they've been very good for the last few weeks uh, they're doing all the things that we expect G2 esports to do and I think their struggles from early on feel like a thing of the past and I think the Fanatic has obviously been the most consistent team in the league uh, you know outside of one really weird loss to Rockett, uh they have been you know, 20 and two across the rest of the league. Uh, I, I I think that's kind of absurd. Uh, I think that this is a team that just has so many different weapons, and Hen has now shown at least two different ways of attacking their opponents and just dismantling them. Uh, their team fighting that they've been doing recently has been quite nice to see, um, and I think that that gives them a a completeness that is going to make it very difficult for any team in the league to challenge them right now. I think what's going to be really interesting about this is how much of the mid lane um, decides uh, how this matchup goes. I think that in general, like Reckless and Jezzis are going to go even with Sven and Mithy, at least in the early game. I don't expect so as or expect to get massive leads on their own. So it's going to come down to you know, can trick and perks find those kinds of openings, find roams, find... You know little advantages that they can grab in the side lanes or, or, or across the map around neutral objectives like Rift Herald or is it going to be Brox and Caps that are dictating a lot of these moments because they're the ones With the vision down we've seen so much that G2 struggles when trick isn't able to exert his will across the map uh, He really like does much better when he can play from a position of superiority even if he's not necessarily like winning in gold at least he can be the one making adept plays so I expect Brox and Caps to try to punish that, try to get some invades down, try to get some, some kind of 2v2s forced uh, in the early game and, and kind of throw that off and see if G2 can kind of come up with a like a curveball uh, that disrupts this fanatic playstyle. But it's going to be a great series, assuming that both teams care about it. And that's the question that we have to have, right, is that by the time we enter this game, there might be absolutely nothing on the line. And it becomes then much better for both of these teams to not pick anything particularly interesting that could potentially play their hand or reveal some idea of where they're going in the upcoming patch. And and if that's the case, you know, it's very possible that we see some players going and trying to make some hero plays because the series doesn't really matter and they want to get some mechanical outplays and kind of, you know, not quite, you know, goof around, but at the very least be willing to take some more risks because the, you know, the potential cost is not nearly as high i
0: i i disagree because of the cockiness and arrogance of the of some of the players on both sides i think this you know this actually does mean something to perks to for him to go out and to you know he's been establishing himself this entire split as a it's a really really good mid laner as someone who is capable of making his teammates better but also capable of making these one v one outplays and sort of taking over a game by himself i think he's kind of enough of had enough of hearing about this baby Faker kid and wanting to actually show him, like, no, Europe is my kingdom. Like, go someplace else if you want to be a king, but you have to come through me. There's a reason I'm a three-time European champion. I think Sven and Mithy look at Reckless as, you know, the premier AD carry in Europe, and I think Sven goes, like, no, I'm actually better than this kid. Like, there's a reason I was on OG. There's a reason they didn't actually pull him. Uh, from Fnatic and try and draw him away. There's a reason I'm on G2. There's a reason I'm a three-time champion. You know, I helped. You know, this team where, like, sure there were there were good players, but he, you know, now he's on a team where he's not playing with some of the greatest that Europe has ever happened, had. You know, he played with Soaz and and Peke for a bit, and he got out of there, and now he's built his own identity of G2 is his and Perk's team. Uh, if, if you look at it from the European angle like yeah trick is on there and you could establish that you know trick for two splits, that was his team and he was the one making the ma- most massive impact. But if you look at it from the European standpoint, Oslot, you know created this organization, but this is really Perks and Zen's team to to push this narrative forward of being the best in Europe. So I think there's a lot when it comes to bragging rights. I agree that maybe we won't see any like fancy picks or anything, but I think at the end of the day this is a, this is a, like, this is a slobber knocker of a fight that both teams are going to be like, I know we might see each other again in three weeks, but I want to leave you so bloodied and bruised right now that the next time we step on this rift, you're flinching before I even touch you. So I, th- I think this has a lot of implicate like pride implications for, for the players on both sides. I don't think the organizations care that much. Like, I don't think the owner of Fnatic or... Ocelot are like, yeah, we're going to beat Fnatic this week. I think Ocelot more so, but I think Ocelot also sees the bigger picture and does want them a little bit more focused on the playoffs because they will have to play in that first round. Um, I, you know, be it, it's going to be against Splice. I don't think Splice is any type of threat, no matter what the Splice players put out on Twitter about how they're going to 3 0 G2. I think that's just silly when you're clearly not as good as them. Um, but at the end of the day, <laughs> where do you see the line on this series, Chase? Because yeah, you well, you need this to stay in the game, basically.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm not particularly happy with where I stand in our, uh, in, our in our challenge this week, um, but I I do hope that it's as competitive as as you say. I, I I agree with you that these are typically very competitive players, so you very well may be correct uh, with that that prediction. I have it as Fnatic minus one hundred and fifty. I think this is a close game, but I think Fnatic have done enough that they deserve the edge in uh, the line this week.
0: I said Fnatic minus 175 because I think Fnatic has built up this kind of bank against the algorithm and unicorn system, and they're Fnatic. They've been around for literal ever, and they get a little bit more of a, of a push up. Um, it is Fnatic minus 172. I'm going to take the points. With it, I'm going to take the only point from week 10. And, uh, yeah, it's going to be G2 at plus 130. If we look at three maps, three maps is plus
1: 100. I mean, there we go. I, I We get G2 plus 130. That seems pretty darn good to me value-wise. Um, I, I think that happens almost 100% of the time. Uh, or not 100% of the time. This is going to be a very close series, but I yeah. think it definitely happens more than the 40 to 45% of the time that this line would indicate, I think this is very much a toss-up. I think that G2 is a great team, and I think that they desperately want to prove that... Uh, of the two of them, I'm more inclined to believe that Sven wants to prove that he's the best 80 carry, uh, and I'm more inclined to believe that G2 wants to show the world that they're still the top, top team to be reckoned with in Europe, yeah. even though they're going to have to play in that first round. So of the two of them, I think G2 has more on the line and more reasons why they might take this series super seriously. Uh, and I think plus 130 is, is too much value. So I take that bet 100% of the time. Um, okay. I'm, I'm writing that down now. But Fair you know, we'll get to that, I guess, in, uh, in just a few minutes here.
0: Vitality versus Splice. Like I said, I don't believe in Splice in the playoffs. I have nothing to say about this series. Do you have anything to say before we move on to the actual like main event
1: Splice, you need this. Like, and and I don't mean you need this. Isn't you just need a win? You need a big win. You need a show-stopping. We can crush teams, kind of win. Uh, because right now you guys just look like a blob of a team, and that's just not. It's not how it should be. Cobby's uh, too good at League of Legends. Cobby might be. Uh, it should or probably. Should be in the conversation of the three best eighty carries. In Europe, I, I think he's put together some amazing runs, especially on the Zaya. He's been playing out of his mind, and he's a guy that, you know, really does go under the radar because it doesn't matter that he wins lane when the team doesn't play around him very well, and it doesn't matter that he's having some of these great skirmishes around the outskirts of team fights because the rest of the guys like Trashy aren't following up. Wonder isn't doing uh, what well, we're used to getting from him, but I, I think kabi has been great this whole season. I think Mickey is still. A solid playmaking support. I think Sencox has, you know, built something for himself out of a lot of these more roaming plays. It's just a matter of, like, you, you got to put all the pieces together at one moment, guys. You, you gotta, you, you gotta show me that you know how to use these individual talented pieces for a cohesive whole, and that's where Spices kind of failed to come together. They've failed to execute strategies effectively in that mid to late game, and so show me. Splice that you can take, you know, against a team like Vitality, that you can take a step back and just execute a game plan efficiently and effectively. It's all I ask for you this week, guys. It's just do the thing, get get us from point A to point B, and have it feel like a smooth process. Um, let's see if they can do it. I have Splice at minus 240.
0: Uh, I had Splice at minus 333. It's Splice minus 385.
1: Wow, okay. Let's Vitality plus what? Plus 265.
0: Plus uh, 265, you said? Plus
1: 265. Yep. That might be worth it as a long shot bet. I don't know that Splice is that great. Like, Vitality might have a little bit more of a team identity right now than Splice. Because Vitality might not be able to execute it very well. You, want vita- you think
0: Vitality are going to win two out of three maps against Splice.
1: I think they do so more than... of the time.
0: At plus 265? Three maps is 125.
1: uh, That's probably a lot
0: safer. That's a much safer bet than saying, yeah, Vitality is going to beat Splice. When Vitality is proven they they can't beat any of the top six teams over the past two splits. Yeah,
1: that's fair. I I think that's totally reasonable. Um,
0: All right. The main course. The game du jour. H2K H2 what H2K versus the Romaine led unicorns of love. I I want you to I want you to argue H2K's side for me. Argue why H2K are gonna win this series, why they're gonna take the one seed and and move on into the second round of the playoffs. Yeah,
1: well if H2K are gonna do it, it's because they have the well-oiled machine, and right now Their incredibly strong early game is Unicorns of Love's Biggest Weakness. Um, Right now, they're second in the league with uh, an early game rating of uh, 59.9, and they've done so by putting such immense pressure on towers. Whenever they get... Kill in the early game, they usually convert it to tower pressure. They're willing to spend things. like go to Omnis Teleport to secure that first tower. To secure the first three towers of the game, which they do in 75% of their games. Uh, it's one of the reasons why they're almost always going into the you know the 15 minute mark with a lead. Uh, they know how to get Yankos in that spot. They know how to put forbidden in a great place to succeed. They're very happy ganking that mid lane early, which they should be able to do against Exile because Exile does not do a great job of holding himself down in lane nowadays. I, I think that Che can do a really great job of at least matching Hillisang's initiation power. Both of them are pretty big playmakers uh, with those kinds of instincts in lane and, and both are capable of those reversals. So it's going to be about which of the two of them has a little bit more patience to pick the best opening. And I think that Che does that a little bit better than than Hill is saying. He's all engaged all the time, constantly looking for those those moments, and they'll take a good one, even if it's not a great one. Uh, and I think that oduamne can, you know, keep himself from being exploited by Visit Chachi. I don't know that he's necessarily going to beat Chachi in lane. Oduamne is not really a guy that beats a whole bunch of people in lane, but he's a guy that doesn't give up massive leads. He holds the enemy top laner within reason, um, and if he can kind of keep Chachi drilled down and, and, and bunkered down in the top lane rather than being able to explore around the map and, and helping Unicorns of Love set up those kind of cross-map skirmishes, then he will have more than done his job. So, I mean, the machine when it's operating properly uh, puts H2K, and uh, or, or puts Unicorns of Love, I should say, in a really rough spot. Uh, the Unicorns of Love are then forced to try to have these massive mid to late game team fights carry them through and we're seeing nowadays that that hasn't happened with the same consistency that it did in the spring but you know that's there there's a reason that h2k hasn't beaten them in 2017 right there's an adaptability that h2k has to prove that they can deal with a a a depth of champion pool that h2k has not necessarily shown that they know how to utilize properly and they know how to, to to deal with opponents that can Utilize it properly and they have to come up with what their plan is if Xerxes gets ahead Because as Deficio pointed out Xerxes is the clue that that holds this team together He's the guy that they're gonna need to rely upon to provide to give the Unicorns of Love their much-needed Consistency if Unicorns of Love are gonna make their way back to another EU LCS final so h 2 k has to prove they have answers to those questions and unfortunately we do not have many if any examples of HUK coming back once they fall behind. So the good news for them is that the unicorns of love do not get ahead in the early game very often. A 45.4 early game rating for the unicorns, uh, worse than ninjas pajamas, worse than rockat. Um, but hey, uh, maybe you know this will be one of those things where uh, the unicorns of love, if they can step up their early game pressure and really get either an early kill on the Samix or really get chachi snowballing. Uh, the unicorns of love can shut this door before it even opens. Um, I expect this to be a three-game series. I expect Absolutely. at least one H2K. The machine operates properly and just crushes unicorns of love. I expect one, at least one, unicorns of love have some massive 20 to 25-minute team fight around a Baron that turns their way. They get the objective and just crush from there. Um, I, I, it's just a matter of where you think that game three is going to go. My instinct is to say it's the Unicorns of Love because, A, that's how these things have gone so far, and, B, they have that little bit extra that they can dig from in a Game 3 where their backs are on the line and they can show something that maybe H2K isn't prepared for. H2K doesn't have that sneaker at pocket pick that we have to be afraid of. But H2K are definitely talented enough to take this. And right. they need... Like, they both need this win. If, if Unicorns of Love get the top spot, then... There's a way for them to qualify automatically into worlds just by circuit points. Uh, if H2K gets it, it's going to really help their seeding in the gauntlet. Because as things stand right now, they'd have to fight a lot of games and a lot of opponents to to get their way through. So here,
0: here, here's here's my big- here here's my thing. H2K needs to win this one. They need of course, love. I I I will flat out say this because H2K has not proven over the past year that they have figured out any way shape or form that they know what to do after they take the first three outer towers mm-hmm. they don't they hit the first they take the outer towers and like awesome this is great now what do we do and they look lost they look listless they don't have a very clear set like okay we're gonna attack this one weak point and just keep going to it until we break it like They just overwhelm people because they built up so much of a gold lead and teams are so afraid of making a mistake and and losing that big team fight that they just let H2K take everything off the map and just keep kind of like bouncing off of a tower and they do it for 10 minutes until that tower finally falls over. Like, it's not like they make a move where they're like, all right, we're going to try and force, you know, pull somebody out here, catch them, and now we're going to hop on top of the tower. It's basically like they just keep running into a brick wall, and eventually, after you run into that brick wall so many times, eventually the mortar is going to, like, fall away, and it's going to break. And it's not necessarily because you kept slamming yourself into the wall. It's like, over time, eventually, the mortar's strength just sort of naturally weakens. It's... I haven't seen anything out of H2K's like 20 minutes on that makes me think they have improved in that aspect of the game. They keep getting better at that pre-15 minutes. I will give them that. That that 15 minutes at the start of a game they come out guns blazing and, and let Yankos do Yankos things and they do spend everything to get that first tower blood and then go from there and, and chip away at those outer towers. But You run out of gas eventually, like you can only go so far in your car, especially when you're revving your engine at, you know, in your sixth gear and you're going 120 miles an hour down the road, like you're going to run out of gas much quicker doing that than if you're, you know, going the speed limit and you're speeding up when you should and slowing down when you should and be, you know, following all like the rules of the road and having this kind of established play, uh, this established system and Unicorns of Love excel at that. They excel at knowing what their game plan is, and it is, we are gonna fight. We are going to kill people, and then we're going to take objectives off of them. And they figured out how to do it. They know when to tower dive. They know when to set up these sort of weird flanks that they do with Xerixi and with with Vizuchachi. They always know that Hillisong can can pull something from his well and his depth of experience and get some sort of you know strong engage. And they are not afraid to make that mistake. And that is the difference, I think, between where you see H2K fight against everyone else and you see them fight against Unicorns of Love. It doesn't matter that H2K spent the first 15 minutes plowing through every outer tower. It does not matter to Unicorns of Love because they know that if they challenge H2K straight up to a fight, they are a more intelligent and cohesive team when it comes to that team fighting aspect. And I think that is what ultimately Unicorns of Love's uh, advantages over H2K. And I haven't seen anything at all this split or even last split to make me think that H2K have figured out that secret.
1: Yeah, no, I, I mean, I think that's fair. I think the key for H2K will be building enough of a lead that the Unicorns of Love are, are forced into a fight that they're not strong enough to deal with, ultimately. Um, that's how H2K tends to win those mid to late game fights is when the gold lead is so enormous that forbidden can hit like a three or four man Orianna ult and it just, the fight's over before it even begins I think Odo has had some great initiations as well in that regard. But you're right. As far as cohesive plays, uh, Unicorns of Love feel very cohesive in their, in their mid to late game engages and in, in, in the objectives they choose to fight around. Uh, H2K, it, look, you know what they're fighting around. They're fighting around Dragon and Baron. Um, they, that's all they know how to do in the mid to late game if it's reasonably close. Um, they, they, they have a lot of those kind of skirmishes and they, they like to fight in those choke points because that's the type of champion that Fabivin likes to play that's the type of objective that they know inherently has value and they'll keep slamming their head against the tower wall in hopes that eventually they put enough pressure on that they can kind of sneak it away uh, it, it just rarely works out that way because they're rarely as cohesive in that plan as some other teams can be so I... I'm excited to see this series. I think that it should be uh, a very fun three-map series where both teams get a chance to show why they're so good. Um, And it's ultimately who can rise to the occasion. And I'll I'll, I'll put it this way, Uh, Quickshot had a, a scathing comment about H2K's ability to step up in the biggest moments. Uh, after their loss to G two in Week Seven, if you go back on the on the subreddit,
0: Dev, Devil's Advocate, Devil's Advocate, okay, they did make the semifinals at Worlds last year. Yeah, sure. Devil's this Advocate, not, I I just this is wanted, not the
1: same you know. team though. Like this is this is a different bot lane. This is a different, you know, different mid laner. <laughs> yeah, yeah, different mid laner. Like like this is a different team. Um, and this team has to be treated differently. I, I treat every year in and of itself, even though there is a consistent system around there. I think that this is a a team that individual outplays and individual strength may be higher than the team that was there last split. But the cohesion was certainly there more with the 2016 summer team. I haven't seen the pieces click the way that I saw the pieces all come together in the 2016 summer split. When H2K had that big kind of run towards the end and ended up getting the automatic seed in um I, I, I think that that's a level of, of efficiency that we have not seen them put up quite yet.
0: I I don't know if you take the nameplates off of the twenty sixteen summer split team and the twenty seventeen summer split team and and watch you know one game from them and one game from them. I don't know if you can tell the difference.
1: If if you say so, I I disagree. But that, that's we'll have fair. to disagree on that. That's fair. I have H2K minus 130 and only because I think the Unicorns of Love should be favored, but it's the casinos and they never, they never seem to favor them in this spot, so that's why I have H2K slight favorites at minus 130
0: I thought the series was going to be even but I thought the, the casinos had kind of learned a little bit not to underestimate the Unicorns of Love so I said UOL minus 125 it is even Okay. And so I get the point
1: that, that's fine.
0: I'd already <laughs> lost the by this point. But yeah, it's even and I think that's absolutely fair. I think So so the minus
1: one seventeen uh, uh yes. is yeah.
0: Yeah. Yep. Just uh, making
1: sure I know the big vague, vague there. Yep. Um yeah, three don't bet on this game.
0: Three maps is minus one oh five.
1: Don't bet on this game. Don't do it to yourself. Three maps it's gonna is gonna be a great like time. Assured value. I don't do it. I don't I H H two K and Unicorns of Love are both capable of popping off in this moment. It's only a three game series. I, I, I don't want to do it. If, if you want to, like, well, oh, I'll let you do the thing. I would rather just watch this series and have fun with it rather than that's stressing fair. about that's um, whether that's or totally not the, the team that falls down is gonna get back up.
0: Totally, totally fair. So where do you see the value? I know you already said G2 over Fnatic at plus 130. Yeah, Where that's
1: else? too good value. I like Misfits and Rocket going to three maps at plus 115, because okay. I don't think Misfits are, are good enough to grab the two O. Okay. And I like Splice versus Vitality at three maps at plus 125, because I don't think Splice is good enough to get the 2 OK. I, I say, I mean, okay. that my, my theory is to just take advantage of the teams that I think um, are, are getting advantages because they're in the playoffs but aren't necessarily this great tier of teams. It really does feel like a four-horse race in Europe feels like the first round is just going to be a formality, uh, getting rid of those two teams that are kind of in yes. that permanent mid-card. Yes. And then the real playoffs begins uh, when we get ready for the Paris stage and everything Here, else. So. Here's,
0: here's, here's, what, uh, here's what Europe should do. They should cut out Week 10, and they should cut out the Round 1 matchup and just have it be the top four teams in Europe because the top four teams in Europe are the only teams that matter because they're good at League of Legends, and the next two are kind of mediocre at League of Legends, and then the rest aren't.
1: Hey, man, you never know, right? The playoffs, they happen for a reason. The eight seed rarely beats the one seed in the NBA. But every once in a while, theoretically. I mean,
0: yeah, and that's when you end up with GGU versus TSM in the finals. That's, if you want to talk about yeah, upsets. A,
1: one of the greatest tournaments of all time, I remember. One of the greatest playoff runs. Uh, a a down-on-their-luck team with this huge attitude, this huge, you know, just desire to strive above themselves, coming through in the clutch in an amazing playoff run without their standard mid laner having to make Jinty work uh, in that moment. I mean, God, heroic, really. I I think something we should all strive for in our day-to-day lives.
0: And just like everyone else, they were crushed under the heel that is TSM. It wasn't a close
1: series. I mean, look, man, the Nintendo divides. That's all that matters. I, I have the memes on my side. You can't hurt me. It doesn't matter. All hail
0: GG. I need to unpack the belts. Uh, that being said, uh, our, our smart money bets for Week Ten of the European LCS: uh, we're gonna take Misfits and Rocket to go to three maps at plus one fifteen. We're gonna take G Two to beat Fnatic at plus one thirty. And we're going to take a uh, Splice of Vitality to go to three maps at plus 125. Chase, any any final words? You're down by two as we now head into the playoffs. Any any final words to the fans?
1: You know, now that I've fallen behind, maybe we should uh, reexamine whether or not we want to do guess the lines for the first round of this Challenger tournament in North America. No, I, I, look, I, I'm fine. I'm going to bounce back. I, I believe that the playoffs won't have... The same high lines, and surprisingly, that's where you've been beating me recently. So I think th- there's a bounce back incoming, uh, and and for you know all of you guys, um, I'm going to be at Redshirt King. If you want to talk to me about anything I said today, um, I I hope that you guys are as excited for this last series of games as as I am. I understand that you know some most of these aren't going to matter, but the couple that are are really going to matter. And if you do care about the long term state of the league i think seeing how teams like vitality perform uh seeing how teams like the monkeys and, and the ninjas and pajamas perform over the long run uh, i i think all of that is relevant and i am excited to see uh exactly where they take it
0: that is totally fair and you guys can find me at c80s underscore lol you in- Feel free to message me about anything. If you want to hear more about the amazing uh, amazing story of the little engine that could from Brazil, Kaboom, I'm more than happy to talk about that. Maybe we should have a Kaboom night where we just rewatch that series so I can laugh at Wicked. That would be kind of fun, wouldn't it? We just watch it in the Discord. You can join us on Discord. That link is down there. There's a lot of friendly people over there. You can follow uh, the podcast on all social media. Uh, Twitter is at RockDraftsPod. You can subscribe on YouTube. You can follow it on iTunes and soundcloud and uh with that that's been week 10 of the LCS. 10 10 weeks in europe so now we get to move on to the playoffs and uh come back next week where we will settle in for the european and north american quarterfinals it's time we're on the road to worlds so until then goodbye internet You can follow the Rough Drafts Podcast on all your favorite social media sites. Twitter, at Rough Drafts Pod. Facebook.com, backslash, Rough Pod. Soundcloud.com, backslash, Esports Rough Drafts. YouTube.com, backslash, Rough Podcast. As well as on iTunes by searching for the Rough Drafts Podcast. The Rough Drafts Podcast is supported by our lovely Patreons at patreon.com, backslash, Rough Pod. And by viewers like you. Thanks for listening, and goodbye, Internet.